Welcome to the Craft Beer Showdown, where opinions are given and information is king. Today's showdown, refresh and clean. It's the return of the podcast with twice the beer geek goodness. New format, new topics, and even guest co-hosts from the world of craft beer. Enough introduction, let's get into it with your host, Brian Meyer. Welcome to the Craft Beer Showdown. Um, if you guys have listened to this podcast before, uh, you'll know that it's usually a roughly you know five to ten minute podcast where I talk about two different things in the beer world. Uh, today, I decided to change it a little bit because I kind of got bored with doing that. I'll still release those from time to time, and if people tell me that they really hate this and really love those, I'll go back to them. So tell me what you think in the comments, and if you hate this and you really love the other thing, then I'll go do that. Um, the showdown part of this is going to be a guest. So every episode, I'm going to have a guest, try and do about an episode a week, maybe toss in some of the smaller showdowns in the middle. Um, the very first inaugural guest of the return to the podcast is my very good friend, Amanda. Woo! Amanda, say hi. Hi. I oh. sell beer all day. <laughs> okay, so uh, the idea here is we're going to talk about some of the stuff that happened in beer over the previous week or so. Uh, I was planning on doing this a couple days ago, so there's been one or two things that happened since then, but you'll get the idea. So, uh, the first big thing that I noticed this week was on uh, Lifehacker, lifehacker.com, had uh, a post about beer. Usually Lifehacker has things about how to do things better and how to do little life hacks and you know change one thing into another. Well, their way to do something better was how to read a beer menu. So they gave some key points on what they think you should know when you are looking at a beer menu, like what the names of beers mean. So my big question that Amanda and I were talking about was if this was good or bad info and if we would add or move anything. So Amanda, what would you think? Uh, mostly I liked it. Most of it makes a lot of sense. And if you are confronted by a very long beer list and you want to look cool in front of your friends who might not know beer, it's good to have some basics under your belt. Uh, for the most part, yeah, I absolutely do suggest them. For instance, the uh, ator at the end of a word does always mean it's a doppelbock. I think actually if you were to name something with an A-T-O-R at the end that wasn't a doppelbock, you'd be doing a disservice to your brand. And you get slapped in the face. Um, yeah, and you get slapped in the face, yes. Um, and a lot of these are German words that have been translated. For instance, Schwartz is really black, and Rausch really means smoked, and Doppel really means double. Um, my only issue with it, literally my only issue, uh, was the Belgian Golden Strong Ale area. Um, I am not the be-all, end-all of information. I don't see or know everything. I'm trying to learn it all, of course. But I do not know if you necessarily want to link Lucifer and a Belgian Golden Strong Ale. This is uh, not a religious thing. This is just, um, I haven't seen it that much, to be honest. Uh, and if you went around just assuming every time you saw a devil or Lucifer that you were getting a Belgian Golden Strong Ale, uh, you were not going to be impressing everyone. Hop Devil from Victory is an IPA. Um... Not every Belgian Golden Strong Ale I've come across has devil reference in it. Grand Met from Voodoo is a very stunning example. No devil in it. Well, devil's in the taste, just not uh, in the... Devil's in the details. So, yeah, I agree. I, I think this was a, um, a pretty darn solid list. Yeah, overall, um, you know, really good. Um, I like the explanation of old. A lot of people see old ale and ask why it's old. Um, I, I did like the... Explaining what a uh, Hefeweizen is. 
So, with that, you know what uh, El Jefe means? The yeast. Not the chief. <laughs> so, um, no, I kind of want to make a beer and call it El Jefe. Uh, just be the chief? The no, chief make it a yeast. So, yeah, so, uh, really cool list. Um, if you're looking for some basic explanations, um, check the show notes at the bottom uh, of the page when I release this podcast, and I'll put a link to uh, Lifehacker's site. Um, overall, Lifehacker generally has some pretty awesome information. I've had a couple beer things before. I thought this was good. So, looks like first topic of the day, and we agree. Yay! Um, the next big one that everyone's talking about, and honestly, I'm kind of sick of, <laughs> was the Magic Hat lawsuit. Um, I'm not the biggest Magic Hat fan, uh, just because they're kind of like the, the crafty brewery that tries to be craft beer, but really isn't. What do you think? Oh, uh, I can get nice and heated up on this one, actually. I wasn't paying any attention to the lawsuit to begin with because I'm kind of sick of it. Um, and I don't mean just the Magic Hat one. I mean, anytime anybody thinks they own rights to something or legally do own something, um, you know, they get very Sue happy. And I don't like a Sue culture like this, which is why that Avery litigation, uh, excuse me, collaboration, not litigation, was excellent because <laughs> uh, they didn't sue. Yay. Um, but this one, I really don't honestly believe it's the big guy stepping on the little guy here. Uh, I was reading some of the different articles about it. Uh, Brian specifically asked, is this a silly lawsuit? Uh, I don't think so. When I actually saw the two KNs next to each other, that nine and the six are like the exact same font with a little star by it. And if you, I don't think um, West Sixth was necessarily wrong in choosing a well-known symbol. But oh, I, I totally think so. It is, it is an upside down Magic Hat can. Yeah. All right, yeah, all right. I guess I was being a little bit more delicate. <laughs> if, you turned it, if you turned it upside down and said, what beer is this, someone would say it is Magic Hat. Yeah. And from what I read, and whether it's true or not, my big thing on this wasn't so much who was suing who, but how it was handled. Mm. They, from what I read, it looks like Magic Hat asked them nicely, could you please not do that? Um, great example of that was the um, uh, Great Lakes with their Alchemy Hour. Uh, from what I understand, Alchemy Brewing wasn't too thrilled about that and politely asked them to not release it, that beer with that name again instead of suing them and making them take all their bottles back and, you know, be jerks about it. Right. Um, from what I understand, Magic Hat did that and said, hey, could you guys please not do this? And went back and forth with them about changing it and West Sixth was all about it. And then, so, you know, out of the blue... I don't know if someone got drunk and had a conversation about it with a friend, and they just went off on social media and made a website, um, the west6.com slash nomoremagichat, talking about how terrible a company they are, which, you know, for the person that's kind of copying the logo, you might expect that from the people being copied, but to come out of the blue with that... And you don't have to like Magic Hat or West Sixth in this, but... Magic Hat was a small business once, too, um, and I think we tend to lose sight of that as soon as they get purchased. Magic Hat makes good beer. I mean, they make a lot of different beers, and it used to be, as I understand, really good, and then, of course, when you get purchased, sometimes you get a cheapening of ingredients. I can't speak to that. Uh, for the whole time I've been drinking, Magic Hat has been owned by someone else, but everybody starts small. 
And before you know it, you, you're collaborating with someone, and I don't think you want to burn bridges in this industry. It's too small. If you look like a douchebag, there's a good chance you're going to offend people other than other breweries, and I don't think as a small company that you really want to drag yourself into negative publicity. That being said, I, I do understand that any publicity is good publicity, but I don't think you want to be dragging yourself through the mud in an attempt to tear somebody else down. And, and that's, I, that's the point. I think that's what they did. I think they did it on purpose so that those of us that have no clue who they are all of a sudden are talking about them on they a podcast. Get some notoriety. That's right. So. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean I'm not going to try their beer if I ever see it. I just wish it didn't get sticky like this. Yeah. I, I might try it for free. I might just not buy it. Right. <laughs> um, so, hey, we're two for two. I, I agree totally. I think they I, I think Magic Hat's totally within their rights to sue. I think Magic Hat's handling it fine because all the talking they've done about it has been, hey, we tried to do this amicably and we're going to deal with this in court. And West Sixth has not said that they would like to deal with it amicably mm-hmm. and are kind of yelling and screaming to anyone that'll listen, which is honestly why I think this went from people caring about it to not caring. And honestly, this will probably be the last time I talk about it, Ooh. unless something crazy happens and we have to bring it up again. Well, I'll um, drink to that. Yeah. So speaking of drinking, Ooh. unintentional segues, <laughs> um, the, the next thing I want to talk about was a brewery uh, near and dear to us in Pittsburgh is uh, Fathead's Brewery. Um, their brew pub there opened there first. They opened a full-scale bottle brewery in Ohio where they do all of their, you know, their, their full brewing outside of the brew pub, um, is actually opening a, another brew pub and way far away from everything that they do in Portland, Oregon. Um, since we were talking about this today, we decided to, or I decided to bring a beer Amanda hadn't had before. Uh, it's Fathead's Gudenhoppy. It's a German-style Pilsner. Looking at about 5.3% alcohol, um, comes in their bottles, um, all around pretty good beer. I like it. Um, usually not the biggest Pilsner fan. They're kind of bland to me a lot, but I think it was, this one's pretty good. What do you think, Amanda? I am going to take my first drink of it, actually. It smells like a Pilsner. That's my, uh, educated first start here. It smells like beer. It is beer. I, uh, I sometimes I think I'm getting old, and I've started to appreciate the sessionable beers. Um, I don't always want the giant monster hop anymore, or the giant barley wine, or the white whale 8,000% stout. Sometimes these nice five and a halfs are just what you need. I think this would be very nice if it was nice and hot out right now. Yeah, and this, um, for the car ride over here, it got a little bit then, you know, off of ice cold, and I think it's j- just as good. Well, it's definitely nice and hoppy. You know, it's not like you're drinking an American light pilsner, that's for sure. It's got a lot of body. It's probably a mean thing to say, but it reminds me of a Victory Prima Pils. You know, it's got that kind of a hop forward that you might not recommend to your beer drinking buddy who's just getting into um, craft beer. So, yeah, so awesome beer. We like it. Um, Fatheads is fairly local now, so if you're not, uh, you know, listening to this in the Pittsburgh or, you know, Cleveland, Ohio area, you may have never heard of them, but if you live in Portland, Oregon, you will very soon, because they will be opening shortly. Pittsburgh is in very well recently <coughs> as a craft beer mecca. Uh, Fatheads is kind of like um, uh, Old Hat. It's a well-known area down on the south side, and if you drink good beer, uh, you're going to be a fixture there. 
So it, it, as you said, it's nice to see Pittsburgh expanding. We're really getting on the radar now for craft beer, and it's an exciting time to be in Pittsburgh for it. So if you're interested, if you've never heard of them before or you're in Portland, you want to see what you're getting, uh, we'll put a link to their site and to the beer we're drinking in the show notes. So next big thing I want to talk about was some of the some, uh, summer beers. I know um, I'd mentioned on my site before that we had some terrible, terrible season creep this year with uh, Sam Adams. Um, I don't even think it was spring yet, and they released their summer. Uh, I also, if you want to talk about season creep, uh, it's, what, June 2nd, and I understand that the Shipyard uh, Pumpkin Draft is already in the market. Uh, This is uh, pumpkins. You want pumpkin probably around, theoretically, Halloween and maybe some pumpkin flavor for uh, your Thanksgiving dinner, but now you can have it um, at your pool party in the middle of June. Just in time so that when we would expect the pumpkin beer, we'll have our spring beers. (laughs) Another about, I don't even think that's an exaggeration anymore. And in about another five years, it'll just, it'll cycle it around and we'll be on season again just a year behind. You know what, and pumpkins sell outrageously well in Pittsburgh. Uh, I know, especially with my wholesaler last year, uh, one of our breweries ended up shipping us a tractor trailer load from a different city that was all pumpkined out. Pittsburgh has never been that. Um, I don't like this creep, though. Sure, it would be nice maybe to have a pumpkin beer all year round, but wouldn't you lose the novelty? What would you have to look forward to? And that's why I love seasonals. It's uh, fitting for the weather. It's fitting for the holidays. It's something I like to enjoy, but in the summer, maybe I want something different. I don't want a pumpkin beer. I don't want a sweet pumpkin pie flavor. I just want a nice, light, sessionable something. Um, Or a stout. Those work, too. But don't creep your seasons up, please. Thank you very, very much. So, you know, with... While we still do have some of the summer beers left, since summer started, what, a couple days ago? Um, I don't think summer starts the 21st. Well, unofficial. Oh, okay. Not the uh, solstice. Um, what's your, any any summer beer that you really dig, you're looking forward to? Uh, my absolute favorite summer beer is the Anderson Valley Summer Solstice. Um, and that goes before I work for my wholesaler. Um, it has just always been a favorite of mine. It's got this sort of vanilla caramel sweetness to it, but it's, it's a, you know, it's not an overwhelming sweetness. It's just almost like a hint right at the end. Uh, lower alcohol, I think it's between five and 6%. Uh, they make the winter as well. The summer is just, I think a little bit lighter bodied. Um, and then every year it's nice to have the Oberon from Bell's. Oh, definitely. I love that beer. No, that's not strictly a summer beer. That's, they call that baseball season. So you can get it through September. Um, beginning in March, actually. So, or April, I suppose. I'm not a baseball fan, sorry. Uh, but that one's really nice, too. I think it also has kind of a, a very light sweetness to it, but a little bit more hop character, too. And my one, you? Well, my one caveat to uh, Oberon and some of the summer beers is if you're going and buying it, look at the date. Um, you know, I had a post on my site that I'll, I'll link to that uh, is how to read uh, date codes on beer. Uh, a lot of beers are coming out with just the good regular date codes now, um, so they're easy to read. But if you're getting a seasonal beer that's not a barley wine or something that you want aged, look at the date. Um, I've found more than my share of cases and, and six packs of Oberon that were last year that just got put away for the season. And if that's if you buy one of those and that's your first try of that beer, 
I guarantee you hate it. But, uh, my my only concern, and maybe this is my wholesale background, or maybe this is just, you know, if you're a craft beer nerd, you know you love to put some beers away, to tuck them away and see how they mature. That doesn't mean that every beer has a very hard uh, drink by date. Um, and that's why actually some of the coding is a little difficult to read. Uh, just because you go in and you see that maybe you're a month over on a case of beer, you know how to handle it correctly. If it's a hoppy beer, that's probably not so good. You know the hops deteriorate pretty quickly and you want that crisp hop flavor in an IPA. But as Brian said, if it's a barley wine or a stout and you can tell it's not been, you know, in an abused area, it's not too hot in the distributor, it's not sitting directly by a window, um, use your discretion. Uh, there's a very good chance that it's still pretty good. And of course, most distributors are good about taking beer back. Just uh, don't drink the whole case and then try to return it. Yeah, so basically, if you're getting a summer wheat beer that's like 5% and it's from last year, don't buy it. Ask for a fresh one. If it's something else, look it up, see what the style is, and see if it's okay. Most of the time, that's totally fine. The seasonals, you'll tend to see those ones creep over the year, especially six-packs in smaller bars. Um, Distributors usually do pretty good, but if you go to a small bar that has craft beer that barely anyone drinks... Very good chance that they saved it from last year. So, just a heads up. Doesn't mean always say no, but... Be an informed drinker. So, summer beers for me. Um, you know, Oberon, uh, number one. Um, you know, as going against my uh, dislike of the bigger breweries, um, I love Sam Adams Summer. <laughs> I, it's, I love it. It's, it's hard to knock Sam Adams. It really is. I mean... Yeah, they've, they've, no, they're huge. Na- well, they're huge now, but, I mean, they paved a lot of area for craft brewers. And they so. continue to. Every time that they do more barrels, they every pave a new way. Every time they raise uh, to, the limit, uh, I know. <laughs> so, so yeah, they're they're paving every couple years. They pave new ground. <laughs> we're arguing now. Now we're getting to the meat of the issue but, here. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I just, I love that beer. Um, Brooklyn's uh, Summer, um, I love that. Uh, Brooklyn Pennant. Mm-hmm. Um, I Real believe there's like one American. sitting in my uh, refrigerator right now that I'll have to try. Yeah, awesome beer. I, I love English pale ales, like you were saying, how you're starting to appreciate the not hot bombs. Mm-hmm. I, I love the English IPAs, English pale ales. Yep. Actually get flavor and not just hop, which hop is great, and I, I can go for a, you know, like a hop a devil hop slam. or a hop <laughs> slam, but every now and then I like to drink something that I can taste something after it. That's right. That's why we started with this lovely Pilsner. Exactly. Don't want to uh, get a palate record right nah, off the bat. Nah, insider um, joke. So, so yeah, so that's pretty much what I like. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I think that's really about it. There's some beers I like in the summer. Like, uh, everyone knocks me for it, but I love 21st Amendment's Hell or High Watermelon. Oh. <laughs> I, I have nothing against fruit and beer. I really don't. Um, but watermelon is, is probably the last thing I want in my beer. What's the last thing it wants in a beer drinker, too, so... Aw, man. Um, the, the other fruit one that isn't really a summer beer, but I love, uh, kind of a local brewery, uh, Rivertown, makes a pineapple wheat that I just love. Uh... I can I, drink the hell out of that beer. I, I'll tell you who would like that. Probably small children, uh, because it tastes exactly like... Uh, your sugary milk leftover after you eat a bowl of cereal. Uh, that was my, and it, it, not bad. I mean, 
I love to drink my milk <laughs> when I'm done eating my cereal. Well, but I will it try it on like my beer. I will try it on my cereal. And try it on your Fruit Loops. That's right. But I, I, I don't like a lot of the beers from that that brewery. Uh, they're good. They're I just I haven't found one I really like. And when we when I go to the uh, Console Energy Center to see like the uh, the Pens or uh, Pittsburgh Power Play, mm-hmm. I, it's the one I get every time. Yeah, the know. IPA is nice. Oh, I yeah. I actually like to go to the one. Um, in Monroeville, is that right? Yes. I'm really bad at anywhere outside of the North Hills because I'm from Pittsburgh and I grew up in the North Hills, so I would call that the city. Uh, that's how unfamiliar I am. But anyway, I like going down there because they always have a ton of different beers. I mean, they always have something different, uh, which I do, I do appreciate. Um, I'm definitely that craft beer person that wants something different all the time. So if, um, if you guys are interested, I'll make a note in the show notes too about Rivertown if you guys want to see it. Uh, there's they have in a couple other cities, um, real good little brew pubs, um, brew a pretty decent amount of beer too. Yeah, and you can eat there, which is always nice. As he said, a brew pub. Okay, so summer beers out of the way. Um, next thing I want to talk about, something near and dear to my heart, is canned beer. Um, I, I'm a sucker for canned beer. I love canned beer. It's making me so happy that people are starting to to realize that cans are better for beer. And if you say that cans are not better for beer, I will fight you. I, I fisticuffs. No, you don't have to fight me. I totally agree. hundred um, percent. Every time I do a, a beer sampling with canned beer and people say, Oh, I don't like that. It's in a can. I, I go into instant defense mode. So, um, I think it's, it's awesome. Uh, weekly I'm seeing new cans come out from new companies. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's great. So I wanted to talk about a couple of the really cool ones today. Uh, I don't know how local this first one is, but it's a uh, Pennsylvania brewery. So I figured we'd try it because it's probably the coolest can I've seen so far. Uh, it's from Sly Fox. It's their Hell's Golden Lager. Um, it's pretty cool. It's a regular 12-ounce can, but the big thing about it is it's... Uh, the whole top pops off it. Um, I'll take a picture of one and post it uh, with this, but it's meant to pop the top off totally and drink it like a glass. Uh, Amanda's never had one before, so she requested to open it. So, All right, here we go. Whoa, that was intense. Yeah, it. Uh, w- when you pop the entire, like, half of the top off at once... It's kind of weird. I mean, it does come off like a cat food tin. Yeah, the first thing I noticed, and I don't know if you could see it or not... Um, there, there's no head on it. That's no. the only problem with doing this. I noticed if I open it really quickly, I, I think the pressure change gives it a little bit of head, mm-hmm. but then it just kind of fades down. So, well, it's not display purpose anyway, since you're not decanting it. I mean, that, the whole point know. in the decanting is you foam it up and you look at the liquid. But if you're on the go and you're at a picnic yeah. and you don't have glassware, yeah, this is perfect. You can get all kind of aroma out of it instead of trying to poke your nose down a tiny hole and slicing your face. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know... Makes it so that you can actually get a good aroma when you're drinking and driving, right? Oh, I don't condone that. Which you t- totally don't do. I'm, it's terrible. <laughs> um, so a couple of things that I got uh, that I read about this can was that since you pop the whole top off and you drink, put your lips on it, it, uh, it it's like razor blades. I didn't think it is. I'm going to pour my part of this out and let Amanda drink from the can and we can see, you know, what. We have emergency bandages. Yeah, I mean, it pours out of the can pretty well. I, I kind of worried about it not pouring, 
you know, super well. That's the first one I poured, and it seemed to pour just fine. I didn't spill any. So, have you? All right, here we go. No cut. I'm doing good so far. See, I, I didn't even think it was sharp. No, I, I actually don't think it's sharp. I'm going to poke my finger in it, and I'm going to run my finger around the edge. Um, not that you would ever need to do this, but I, I mean, it, it feels sort of sharp, but unless for some reason you're totally drunk and just digging your finger into it, I don't think you're going to hurt yourself. Yeah, so, on all, pretty awesome. The only downside to this, I actually read, I don't know if you read this or not, but, um, since the pop, or the, the top pops off totally, uh, it's actually making a couple states, uh, where Sly Fox is sold grumpy with their, uh, litter laws. Mm. Because packaging has to meet certain laws about littering, so that you don't just take pieces of the, you know, the material off and throw it away. You know, that's why, you know, when you buy, you know, a Pepsi or something, they don't have the pry-off caps anymore too much. Um, they're generally all screw-on, so that you have somewhere to put the cap when you're done. Right. Um, unlike these, where you kind of just throw this away. So if you're going to the beach and drinking this you would pop the top off of it and just kind of drop it in the sand. And the top is is fairly sharp. So I really wouldn't want to step on that in bare feet. Well, hopefully you're also not getting this beer and just throwing the can on the ground when you're done drinking either. So Yeah. But yeah, I think it's pretty awesome. I like it. Um, the the beer itself is is pretty solid. Um, that's more one of my more favorite styles. Um it's not nearly as hoppy as the Fatheads one. Um, no. I think this is a, a really good introduction beer, actually. If you have a friend out there that drinks a Miller Lite or a Bud Light and that's it, and he or she is afraid to move on, I think this is a fantastic <clears throat> intro to a craft lager. I agree totally. So the other uh, the other cans I noticed, the ones that just came out, were the Sam Adams cans. Back to Sam Adams. <laughs> they, they took all this time and effort, worked with Bell, to, uh, to make their super special can that's different from any other can on the market because the opening is 7% bigger than a regular one. This is just basically coming from a company that said they didn't ever want to put craft beer in a can. And there is a lot of breweries that are still like that, that are absolutely against putting their product in the can. Um, there is a lot of downside, you know, from back in the day when you would drink a, a beer and it would taste exactly like metal. Uh, but so much effort has gone into, you know, coating these cans that unless you're eating the can itself, you're going to taste the beer, not not the serving vessel. Yeah, and what you have to remember is they, you know, the companies that make cans for beer and for anything else go to the point of making the plastic liner inside the can match the chemical makeup of whatever you're putting into it. So the the plastic liner actually varies from style to style for different cans if it's a, a vastly different style same way the plastic lining that they put inside a can for uh you know tomatoes is different from the one they use for beer to make sure that there is zero taste transfer you know it's a lot of damn science i don't involved. think i knew that but i was never very good at science d for diploma <laughs> um so honestly the, the same Adams thing i think the only reason they made their own can was just so they could say they didn't want to put it into the existing cans. Yes, the inferior product that uh, they touted up. Unfortunately, everyone's doing cans now, so if you really want to stay with it, you've got to do it. It makes so much sense. Well, now, I guess it, it makes sense environmentally since you can, uh, since they're so easily recyclable, but I've also read that it's, it, it's bad for the environment to make aluminum. 
Oh yeah, you um, aluminum comes from bauxite. Okay. And it is incredibly hard to mine. And you need a huge amount of bauxite to make a little bit of aluminum. And as I understand, I don't even think it's done in the U.S.? Mostly not. Yeah. Um, but the big thing is aluminum is basically forever recyclable. Mm-hmm. So as long as you don't just pitch it in the garbage and recycle it, it can be melted down very easily and reused over and over. In fact, I, I'd have to find the, the numbers, but something like 80% of aluminum that's used is recycled. It's some huge number because it's just over and over and over again. You can keep melting it down, unlike glass, where after you, you melt glass down you know, two or three times, it gets funny colored and you don't have a brown bottle anymore. You have a, you know, a brownish, greenish, reddish, you know, and it loses its, its chemical makeup and it just can't be used anymore. Same with plastic. So. Well, then I guess, uh, I guess I could do some research on that too, but I, I certainly hope that uh, the breweries are using the uh, recycled... Oh, it's know. way cheaper. Yeah. Okay. Um, Perfect then. I mean, it's just basically how they how they do it. Hmm. There's no downside to to aluminum when you when you recycle it. Like it doesn't lose quality. Mm-hmm. Cans I, I, just make sense. They get cold faster. They can't get light struck. Um, they're recyclable. You can take them around with you. They're not going to shatter if you dro- well. They might pop if you bur- if you drop them, but they're not going to shatter and cut everybody. If you're talking about environment. They weigh less, so they are actually easier to ship. And we can ship more on a truck. Yeah, so you actually save gas. Um, The last can that was kind of different, I feel bad bringing it up, but it's irritated me. On a craft beer show, Um, all things. The the Budweiser Bowtie can. I mean, I talked about Sam Adams making it their can for novelty and for reasons. Um, Budweiser, honestly, I think they did it for meaner darker reasons um dun, dun, dun. the the can co- i'm sure the can costs a little bit more to make um the the cases cost slightly more than the non-bowtie cans and there's less beer in the can so you're actually paying more money for less crappy beer and you get a can that kind of looks like you crushed it you can't fault them for a gimmick though i I think there's a lot of people that'll buy it just because it is a stupid bow tie shape um in the sense of retail it's brilliant um that's another budweiser package to stick on the shelf and take up more room yeah that's number two i'd say that's the other the other you know big reason is absolutely i mean why not you like that billboard effect um if you ever see that Beer Wars movie, they talk a lot about how important billboard effect is and shelf space and big box stores. If you go in and you see a brand and it's all scattered up all over the place, you might not even be able to find all of it. <coughs> but if you've got it all in a nice big shelf area, it looks like the biggest selling brand in there would be Budweiser. So I think it's a brilliant retail ploy, but yeah, definitely underhanded and shady. Which kind of basically leads back to the whole idea of know a little bit about the beer you buy. Don't just buy the prettiest looking one or the one that has the style that you like on it. You know, if you care at all, do a little bit of research and you'd be amazed. You know, the companies that you think are small that are huge and the companies you think are huge that are probably small and you know need your help buying their stuff. Um, yeah, I think that's part, though. I mean, when you, when you are a company and you're fighting for your shelf space, you do need to do something to make it pop um, to the eye. So you do. I mean, that's I am absolutely guilty if I'm in an area that I don't know of trying a brand that has an interesting label or a cute little monster on it or something. 
Um, I know not to buy it again if it sucks after I drink it, but I think a lot of effort goes into a lot of the labels too. So I'm definitely guilty of buying a good looking label. And I, I guess all things considered, if I have no idea what any of the beers are and I'm on vacation, I'll probably buy the best looking label too. But, <laughs> you know, if it's what you're buying every week, you know, take 10 minutes and read about it. Not even 10 minutes, take five minutes. Um, well, the last big thing I wanted to mention was, or talk about was something I actually read a couple days ago, and I, I don't even know if I mentioned this to you yet. Nope. But um, uh, I was reading this awesome article about uh, hoppiness versus bitterness. Ah, okay, and good, cool. being someone that's done beer samplings before, um, or hosted them, mm-hmm. you know the first thing a lot of people say when they come up and it's someone that doesn't do craft beer, they'll ask if the beer is hoppy or not. Right. And that's probably number two on my list. Or number three. I'd say number one is people arguing with me about cans. Number two is people saying <laughs> I imagine that they... Brian just fighting people when they come into his distributor for his sampling. No, number two is saying that you don't like beer. Oh. I hate if anyone ever tells me that. That just means you, you don't... You didn't find a beer you like yet. Yes, that is absolutely a challenge uh, to anybody who is a craft beer enthusiast. If you say, I don't like beer, that just means I'm going to try doubly to find something that you would like. If you're a wine drinker, let me find you something comparable. If you're a cider drinker, let me find you something comparable. It's very easy, actually. Just keep an open mind, and whenever you try a beer, um, I always tell people to follow the two-sip rule. Uh, because that first sip, you don't know what you're going to expect. You might have a negative reaction or a positive reaction. Uh, take another drink. Um, by then, you know, think about it. Let it uh, let it rest in your mouth for a little bit. Figure out what's going on. Um, don't ever, ever go off just one sip. Yeah, definitely. Um, so number one is saying that a beer is... Uh, that beer in cans. Number two is saying you don't like beer... Uh, number three big thing that just really gets me is people that say, is this beer hoppy? Because that means nothing. That that shouldn't even be a word. Yeah. Um, that's like asking, is that food green? Mm. Just, you need, that's even more useful information than is it hoppy. Um, ideally, what people are trying to ask is, is that bitter? And I wish, I try to tell people that, that, you know, a hoppy beer doesn't mean that it's a bitter beer. And you really can't forget, I mean, there are hops in every single beer. So that's yeah. one of the core ingredients. So you can say you don't like hops. Well, guess what? Every beer you're drinking has at least some in it. Yeah, exactly. So the the article I read was in a Draft Magazine, and it was about bitterness versus hoppiness and talking about um, IBUs, which, you know, the, the article actually strengthened my view that IBUs really don't mean a lot when talking about beer. They, they definitely don't mean as much as people say they do. Uh, it quoted some scientific research that said, uh, ideally, they can't show that people can uh, signify taste or, or bitterness above about 50 IBUs. Yeah, absolutely. So anything that's over 50, most the majority of people, if not all people, your palate can't, can't take it. Yeah, you know, can't it, tell. It, it, you won't taste the difference between a seventy IBU and a fifty IBU. Right. Literally, you're just saying, "Oh my God, it's a hundred thousand IBUs! Holy crap! I win with IBU. It's amazing." In fact, what they even said in this article was that in their taste testing, they, if they added more aroma hop to a beer, 
that people would rate it higher in bitterness than the same beer that had less aroma hop. This just makes me want to try this. <laughs> so literally, you know, two, you know, the beer that would be the exact same IBU, just more aroma or less aroma uh, hop, totally got different ratings. Um, same idea if it had a florally uh, light citrusy, like a pineapple-y kind of uh, hop mm-hmm. character to it, they actually rated it lower. No kidding. Um, <clears throat> so it just goes to show you that hoppy isn't a word. So, you know, I I like to live by the uh, Will Wheaton's famous quote, don't be a dick. So That's difficult for a lot of people, Brian. But and me, me more so. But, <laughs> you know, if someone says, you know, if you make a beer and you try and give it to someone and they say, is it hoppy? You know, politely tell them that hoppy isn't a signifier. Right, and it know. does not mean IPA either all the time. I mean, yes, obviously you have a lot of hops in an IPA, but my point is... When I went to Victory, um, their Storm King Imperial Stout is one of their um, hoppiest beers. I mean, uh, the amount of hops that goes into that beer, and it's an Imperial Stout, which um, people would be like, oh, those aren't hoppy. Yeah, and that, there, there's a great example of how you can use the word hoppy, is, you know, if you're talking about the amount of hops that they put into a beer. Um, you know, if you dump an enormous amount of hops into a beer whether it gets a high bitterness or not, technically that's a hoppy beer. Mm-hmm. Um, if it has an enormous hop flavor, that gives that means it's a hoppy beer. Um, but, I mean, hops can go from, you know, citrus to floral to pineapple to, to grassy to just all these different flavors. And, you know, which one is hoppier than the other? So that's... I, I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, that they... We're, we're trying to plead with people to quit saying a beer is hoppy or not and, you know, refer to, you know, hop character or bitterness, not, you know, combining the two. I've actually stopped saying I'm a hop head. I mean, that's one thing that everyone, you can say that uh, IPAs are an acquired taste because of the bitterness that's associated with them. Um, but I have stopped saying that I'm a hop head because I've learned that there are hops that I don't like. Um, you know, so it, obviously they are not all the same. One of the best things you can do is find a brewery that uses a single style of hop and try it. Uh, I know, Victory, if you go to their brew pub, they always have single hop varietals that you can try. And uh, let's say you have a Centennial, um, which is actually the one I don't care for very much. And I learned that because I, under- I found out that Two Hearted from Bell's is only Centennial hops. And I never cared for that beer, and I didn't know why, because I always thought I was sort of a, a hophead. I was an IPA person. So you don't like Two Hearted? I don't, I don't like Two Hearted. I don't think we could... I know, trust me. Sadly, this will be Amanda's last showing (laughs) on the Craft Beer Showdown. I don't think he's going to share any more Um, beer with me either. One of my favorite beers she just said she doesn't like. I I shouldn't even dig on it because everyone loves that beer. Um, As they should. It's not a bad beer. I'm definitely not saying it's a skunky beer or a weird beer or a gross beer. It's just the hop that I don't care for. It doesn't care for you either. See, he's mean. Don't be a dick, Brian. But anyway, so there, there's your little note to you know to, to share with people. Um, I'm a big fan of Draft Magazine. Um, they they tend to have some pretty good articles like that in there. Um, but you, you know, if if you can say that nicely to someone, I don't know if you do beer samplings or if you homebrew and you like sharing your beer with people. Um, you know, if someone asks if it's hoppy, maybe you can explain that to them. And you know, that might be a person that says they don't like beer. That once they understand that. 
you know, there's 20 different flavors that you can get from a hop or however many, you know, flavors and aromas you can get from hops that maybe you can get them to like a beer. That, you know, if someone knows that bitterness does not equal hops, um, maybe someone's mind will change. Or be blown. Yes. I don't know if that translates for a podcast. Yeah, I, I did jazz hands and, and made a noise as mind blown. Well, I think we are going to take a quick pause here, and I'm going to make Amanda finish the rest of her beer. Chug, chug, chug. And we're going to the last beer of the night. Okay, so while I was getting this beer, Amanda and me were talking a little bit more about IBUs and kind of wanted to uh, share our beer rep irritations with the world. I really Um, get how this could turn into a bitch fest. Just (laughs) a couple of miserable bastards sitting here complaining. (laughs) And that's why we waited to start drinking until we started recording so that we weren't half off our asses and getting all complaining and stuff. Just total bitchy, which we're about to proceed to do. So uh, sit tight, kids. So we we were talking real quick about, um, you know, IBUs and Amanda said maybe, you know, we should kind of, you know, mention a little bit more about that and what, you know, what it actually means and what, kind of what it sounds like when someone asks what an IBU is for a beer. Um, my two cents, and I'll let her explain what she just told me, but, um, and I said this in a post uh, a little while ago, is that the only thing that I feel that IBUs are good for is if you're lining up beers to taste, you shouldn't line them up by color, you shouldn't line them up by style, you should line them up by IBUs, Drink the lowest IBU beer first, up to the highest IBU beer. Just like with basically any food, any anything you try. Um, the higher the bitterness, the more it's going to wreck your palate. So I think that IBUs are great if you're doing a flight of beers, or if you're you know, hosting a beer sampling and you have beers to give out to people, you should pay attention to that. Just like you should pay attention if you're doing a wine sampling, the order you do the wines in. And I think that number helps you do that. Um... Do I think it's useful for more than that? Um, if you're at a beer fest, do I think it's you're, you're going to garner any information at all from that number if you ask the person pouring your beer? Or respect, because none of that either. Yeah, I don't think so. So um, I'm going to open up the last beer of the night, uh, another canned beer, since we're on a canned kick. Uh, this would be uh, Amanda's uh, addition to the night. It's a great one to end the night on. Yeah, no one bothered to tell me that uh, it was apparently a lager-based evening. <laughs> so, uh, as as Amanda's uh, entry, we have Oscar Blues Brewery's Ten Fitty. Uh, pretty awesome imperial stout. Uh, what do you think of the beer? Uh, it's one of my favorites. Um, it is the perfect example of the motor oil, big chewy imperial stout. And it kind of ended up fitting with the theme because it, it is a can. And Oscar Blues is probably the original uh, canned brewing uh, craft beer in the United States. So this mm-hmm. is their claim to fame. They've had a lot to do with the craft beer movement, uh, pushing a quality canned product. Um, you aren't going to find a lot of other imperial stouts coming in a can. You can age this bad boy. I've got, uh, I have an 09 in my beer cellar right now, and uh, I contacted my Oscar Blues rep a little while ago, and I said, hey, do you have any idea if this is something that I want to drink? And he said um, that 
I believe the first year they brewed was 08, and when they taste tested it, there is no end date yet because this is a fairly new beer. Uh, I can't wait to crack my own nine in maybe a couple of years yet. Um, it's a can. This is never going to be a light struck product. This is the perfect aging vessel. Um, unfortunately, this one's from 2012, so we're not drinking any kind of huge gem here, but um, I love this beer. I agree totally. All right. So, Amanda, what did you have to say about uh, IBUs? Oh, uh, well, first of all, if you're at a beer festival, um, what I really don't like, and uh, see, I just said the whole pet peeve thing here in the Bitch Fest session, um, don't ask me the IBUs. Uh, if a brewery cares, uh, they'll post it for us, and by us, I do mean salespeople. Um, if I want, I can look it up on my phone, and a lot of times you'll have it listed on their website, and that's something that anyone can see, not just people who work for them. Um, for instance, I was looking at the beers that we've been drinking, and the Hellas Golden Lager from Sly Fox has the IBU listed on it. Uh, the Guten Hoppy does not, and the 1050 does not. Um, it's not that the breweries are trying to keep this a secret from you. It just honestly, to be, to my opinion, is just not that big of a deal. Uh, it's like saying, I don't want a black-colored beer, or I don't want a yellow-colored beer. I mean, that's not... I don't care. Uh, drink it. Try it. Um, Brian was saying that's a great idea to line them up by IBU, but sometimes that's just not possible. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that was my point. Basically, every time I'm at a beer fest and someone says, what are the IBUs of this beer? In my head, I say, you can IBU, go fuck yourself. Knee-jerk reaction. But I don't say it to the person because I don't want to be mean to them. Like, I, you know, we'll talk here and we'll, we'll say the, the shit that irritates us, but... the I don't, I don't want to be the asshole that makes somebody not like craft beer and says every craft beer guy is a jerk. Well, we walk the fine line with the winos who have given, I think, um, the alcohol industry a bad name and why out, or beer has always been such a sociable liquid. Um, it's not somebody usually that you get a vintage and you sit on it and you don't share it and you brag to the world about what you have. Now, I just bragged about my own nine Oscar Blues 1050. But that's something I'm going to share. That's not something that I'm going to put out and try to sell for big bucks one day. Um, I don't like that. Uh, I think this, this whole beer thing, it's all about sharing and having fun. I want you to learn, too. I want you to be a knowledgeable person about these products. But we're having fun. This is totally fun. And P.S., you do get drunk if you drink enough of it, which is also usually pretty fun. Yeah. And with the whole sharing thing, the last uh, rare beer I really had, I, I won in a contest at a... At, at a local, um, you know, craft beer bar, and the first thing I did with it was get six glasses, and we all shared it. Yes. So you don't take it home and drink it all by yourself. You share it with everyone. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I don't want to be the jerk that scares someone off from craft beer, but I'd really love it if people understood that you don't have to try and look like you know what you're talking about. You know, ask questions. Don't, you know, ask questions like, what does it taste like, or... You know, how is it made? What you know, what alcohol level is it? Because and argue those... with us. We're not yeah. the foremost experts either. We're just a couple of people who really like craft beer, and we have opinions, and you all have yours, and you could think that we're completely wrong. We're not. Yeah. If you want to argue something, argue opinions on a beer. Don't argue facts. Right. Um, oh, I would drink to that. All cheers. right. So, yeah, 1050, <sighs> awesome beer. Nice and dark and toasty and coffee-y. Yeah, yeah. um, Not what you generally think of as a summer brew. 
<laughs> no, but I it will is try. black I'm... like sludge. You can't see through any of this, baby. I love this. Yeah, this is a seriously an awesome beer, but uh, definitely a night under at ten and a half percent. It'll uh, it, it'll do your night in, as the can says. This dog will hunt, <laughs> which is probably the best quote on the can I've ever read. <laughs> Oscar Blues is a good example of a fun brewery. Uh, the top of the can says cross-eyed, cyclopean, and then a word that I don't even know how to say. Cannabis. Basically, that's it. <laughs> um, get, get one. Um, if you can figure out how it's said, um, you know, shoot me a message and tell me. <clears throat> um, but, yeah. So, we're, we're just about hitting the uh, uh, 40, well, without editing, about 48 minutes. I'm going to cut out a lot of ums and ahs and silences while we drink. Uh, but I, I think that's about all I'd care to listen to a podcast for. There's a couple beer podcasts out there that, you know, run hour, two hours, even three hours. And I don't think I'm that interesting. Yeah. In the interwebs, we called that teal deer. So I'm uh, I'm basically all done. Uh, do you have anything else to add there, Amanda? Uh, I don't. Thanks for uh, letting me hang out and drink some of these beers. Uh, it's always fun to try something different, uh, even though you try to get as much as you possibly can. There's always something different out there. Always keep trying different things. Um, stay with your favorites, so that's okay, too. Part of the difficulty with craft beer is there's so many interesting things to try, but uh, remember that they want to keep your business, so you know, buy the things that you like. So that's about it. Um, the couple you know, notes from our sponsor. If you like my, like my site and like my podcast and think I'm doing a great job, there's a couple ways that you could actually help me do this more often. Uh, way number one, it's the easiest way. If you do any shopping on Amazon, go to craftbeeracademy.com slash Amazon. Uh, it'll take you to Amazon like you normally are, but I get the 4 or 5% of whatever you buy. And that's pretty awesome because then I can do this more and I can make my site look better. So if the site doesn't look good or something isn't working right, it's because you didn't buy anything from Amazon. Not me. Shame. Totally your fault. Uh, the other way, I put a little link on the side. If you want to uh, chip in five bucks and buy me a beer, um, you know, let me make sure you, you put your name on there. It goes through PayPal, and I will buy an awesome beer with that five bucks and I'll drink it on the show. And you know, if you don't mind, I'll mention you. Next time, I'm bringing sours. Amanda just redeemed herself, and the the uh, two-hearted comment is gone. She is welcome Stricken back to the show. from the record. Welcome our next co-host, Amanda. Um, but yeah, so if you want to help me out, those are two awesome ways. Um, every little bit helps. Not like the site costs a ton of money, but the more this gives me, the more I can spend on it, and I'd love to share a lot more stuff. Like I said, this is going to be a weekly show, hopefully, you know, barring any major problems. I'm going to try and get them up every Wednesday and record them whenever I can. So thanks for listening. If you have any comments, questions... Uh, put them in the comments on this page. Shoot me a message on Twitter, on Facebook, and I'll put as many of the show notes as I can, at least the ones I can remember, uh, on this post. So thanks a lot, and cheers. That's it for Return of the Podcast, episode number seven of the Craft Beer Showdown. Thanks a lot for listening. I really hope you guys made it the whole way through. Um, this was a totally different format for me. So I appreciate any comments, good or bad, uh, in the comments. You can do it on the site. You can send me a Twitter message at craftbeeracad. You can also do it on Facebook, facebook.com slash craftbeeracad. 
um, basically anywhere you see it, just you know, give me some feedback. Good, bad, I don't care. I'd like to make these better. I like making them. I want to make sure you guys like listening to them too. So, thanks a lot. <laughs>